Hi, and welcome to the Dine Desk Podcast. My name is Deirdre Fitzpatrick. Today, we're going back to school, not like Thornton Mellon, a.k.a. Rodney Dangerfield in the movie Back to School. Oldie, but goodie, and probably not at all politically correct now that I actually say it out loud, but we're going back to school in honor of that time of the year. It's August, and... Colleges are going back into session. The littles are going back into session. Parents are celebrating everywhere because we've finally gotten to that point where summer was awesome, but like I think people are kind of ready to get back into it, you know, and there's this really nice restart when schools start opening up. And I know in some parts of the country that doesn't happen until after Labor Day out on the West Coast where I'm based. It typically begins in the beginning of August. So Today, we're going to focus mainly on college because the last couple years have been just just crazy for people going into college and really, you know, for all of us. But the college experience certainly has changed a lot because of COVID. And so this is the first year in years that a lot of people are saying it feels a little bit more normal. And if you have been following any of your friends on Instagram, you've probably seen them posting the pictures of their kids packing up and heading out, meeting the dreaded roomie, or maybe the best friend that they're about to meet at colleges across the country. So it's an exciting time. We're kind of hitting the reset on a lot of those kinds of things. And today we're talking about all things college. And I promise, even if you do not have kids who are in that space right now, we're gonna make this interesting enough that you can compare it back to maybe your experience of being 18, 19 years old and heading out on whatever life was taking you on, whatever adventure you were starting after high school. So my guests today are two people who've been on the show before. They are the authors of a book called The Parent Compass. Cindy Muchnick and Jen Curtis are two of my favorite guests that I think I've ever had on this show. So their background is in college counseling and advising. And they have written this book with great advice for modern parents about, I'm summing up their book for them, but like backing off so your kid can grow up and be the person that they want to be. (laughs) I'm really dumbing it down. But I do think that they have some really great advice based on decades of watching families in their office as they advise them on the best way to go after college dreams. And I have in the past called it the Bible for high school parents. And I more and more, as I have a kid in high school, do believe it. It is a different world that they are growing up in. And of course, their world has been completely shaped by the pandemic and the experiences that they've had over the last couple of years. So today, we're not talking about the pandemic. Today, we we lighten up and we're going to talk about life skills. That's with an S, not a Z. I see that on Instagram. It drives me nuts. Um, But the life skills that like kids should have before they go to college. So we're talking about the conversations you should be having before they head out. We're talking about how much is too much when it comes to communication once they leave. And we're talking about money, like budgeting. I don't know about you, but the first time I ever got into financial trouble was freshman year in college. And it had to do with a free t-shirt, a stand in the quad, and a credit card I had no business getting. And I don't think that that's improved since that time all those years ago. So we've got some like good practical advice. And then we're also talking about some kind of fun stuff too. Have you heard of a site called Dormify? If you have not, I'm going to apologize now for zapping your time because you were going to go down the rabbit hole I went down. I have no doubt. There's a site called Dormify that basically helps you outfit your room to look like you had a professional designer in it. I'm not kidding you. Like no more putting your bed up on like 
cement blocks that you got at the hardware store, which is what we did. People are going all out and it is like lose your mind type fun. I'm not saying you should do it. I can tell you I won't be doing it when my kid goes to college. But it is kind of fun to see like how some people are actually living as they start their college life. So we'll have some fun. We'll talk about how to request some proof of life of your kid if they have ghosted you once they head out to college. And some really good hacks on how to get everybody on the same page as your kids hopefully start this like brave new world that is allegedly adulthood. My guests this week are Jen Curtis and Sydney Munchnick, the authors of The Parent Compass, on this week's Dying to Ask. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I've been anchoring morning news for more than 20 years. I thought I had seen and covered it all. Then came coronavirus, a pandemic, anchoring in my living room, homeschooling my kids, and all the things that come with COVID, including a vaccine. It was supposed to get us all back on track and living our best Instagrammable lives best lives-ish, the reality is we're still untangling what life looks like in a world post-pandemic. A lot of people describe a sense of never-ending overwhelm and anxiety. Is that just what life is like now? Or are there ways we can get back to living in the now? And this season of the Dying Desk podcast is asking how we can hit the restart and start living again. Jen and Cindy, welcome back to the Dying Desk podcast. Happy college! Yay, it's that That's time. An exciting time. Now, where did you guys go to college? I did my undergraduate work at Stanford. So I was a Ooh. high achieving kind of grindy kid, but back then it wasn't quite as big a grind. And then okay. I did a master's degree in Florida um, at a school I, I hadn't heard of called Nova Southeastern University. Did you have and more was, fun in Florida? And it was yes. equally amazing. <laughs> a little bit more fun, maybe? It was really fun and, and okay, amazing. Good. I loved the courses and the professors. So I think you can get great college experiences all over the place at every level. <laughs> okay. And then Jen, how about you? So I did not stray far. I literally went across town. I did my undergraduate at UCLA and I did my graduate work at USC. Oh, so you've been like Southern California girl the whole time. <laughs> yep. Didn't, did not go far. I was at the University of Missouri, which was nothing like any of the schools that you described. <laughs> My husband's from St. Louis and yeah. my, my son is going to college also in St. Louis. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. I was in Columbia, Missouri. So like I had the true college town experience being in, you know, really small place. What I thought at the time, of course, was the middle of nowhere. I had no idea, but also like being so far out of your element that it really like just kind of rocked your world and kind of set you down a new path. So I look back at it and I'm, I actually have these very fond memories of the time, but I remember being so overwhelmed heading to this part of the country I'd never been before and, and not even knowing really what was coming. I Can love I ask you a question? Yeah. Did you always know you wanted to be a journalist or did from the time? Come? Yeah. From the time I was four or five years old. I said I wanted wow. to do exactly what I'm doing. Well, no, I didn't say I wanted to be a podcast host, um, but I did say I wanted to be on the TV. That's what I well, told. We didn't my know what podcasts were back then. It was like radio no. or something. It was but called did, radio. Did you stand with the hairbrush as the microphone on your family mm-hmm. hearth and like perform for people and interview them and, and interview we, stuffed animals? We lived in New York City, so there was no family hearth. There was a one bedroom <laughs> apartment with three kids. Um, but no, I did. I remember I would watch. Um, Walter Cronkite with my dad, and I can drop that because uh, at least one of you will know what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> and 
I, I remember I looked at him and I said, that's what I'm going to do. And he just kind of patted me on the head. And that was, that was kind of it. But no, I never, and I know this is so against the advice you guys always give. I never entertained doing anything else. I never had a plan B. I decided very early on what I wanted to do. And I went into college super focused, which is how I ended up at the University so, of Missouri. Yeah. So you're what we call a pointy student, which Ooh, what does that mean? There's yeah. there's pointy students and round students, and the pointy ones just are. I'm they so know. pointy. <laughs> I'm the pointiest just, of the you pointy. Know, you know what you're going after, and you um, have a passion, and it runs deep, and it permeates kind of everything. So it's not. I don't think there's anything wrong with either. We talk about it in the parent compass in the book that Jen and I wrote together, but you're a pointy student. The round students are a little bit more, you know, have had their finger in lots of different pies and discover lots of things and kind of bounce around and might have multiple interests, but there's really, there's no right or wrong. We don't think, but Interesting. you know, and it, it turned out pretty well for you. It's so far, so far, to, but the day is young. So we'll see where it goes. So before we get into um, talking a little bit about like how college is different this year and like things to know, I wanted to ask you about something I heard on another podcast. So I first heard about you guys when you were interviewed on Heather Dubrow's podcast, Heather Dubrow's World and the former Real Housewife, no, current Real Housewife, I guess. Um, and Cindy, you had an odd connection with her and that was how you guys ended up on her podcast. So I'm listening to her last week. And she was talking with another mom about sending her kids off to college. And she starts talking about like what dorm rooms are like and a company that I think was called Dormify, but I think there are a lot of companies like this. And what I was shocked to find out is that like dorm rooms, I knew they had gotten kind of plush, like little suites and stuff. But what I didn't know is that people are going all out and they like decorate their dorms, like they're decorating a house. Is this for real? You know, there's, it, unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on who you are. And where <laughs> Apparently you it's from. fortunately for um, a lot of these is, kids. So it actually began one step before that, which are these like bed celebrations where when a student gets into a college, they decorate their bedroom at home with balloons and pillows and the whole color scheme, which I know Heather did that with her two kids. And that's, that worked great for them. Um, doesn't, you know, click or appeal to everybody to do that kind of a celebration. But yes, um, you know, the dorm situation, you know, look, I'm sending my daughter off Well, she's sending herself off to boarding school, which is at a little slightly younger age this year. And we're getting ready to set up her dorm room for that. And when I tell you it's hand-me-downs, it's twin sheets from her older brother. It's a hamper I had at home. Um, we did go to Bed Bath & Beyond. We got one little shower caddy, but this is not, um, you know, a high tech, you know, design. She, she, you know, picked out one set of sheets that were on sale at Macy's yesterday for $19.99. Uh -huh. So, you know, we're doing it in, in a different way. And then when she gets there, she'll, you know, fill in with a few little supplements. She got one of those Polaroids, which she was excited. You take pictures Cute. and clip them to your wall. But this dorm thing is a thing. And I'm sure Heather is a, you know, yeah. really more knowledgeable than we well, are about it. Let me it. tell you, and Jen, I went down a rabbit hole so deep. I didn't, I feared I'd never get out of it. I went on to Instagram and I started looking at what dorm rooms are like. And like, it partially made me want to go back to college. It gave me a total house inferiority complex, but I was just fascinated by what kids do with their space these days. I, yes, absolutely. I mean, I think things have come so far from the days that we went to college. I think that, um, I think that hiring the decorators though is very much few and far between. I know for sure there's a lot of families that can't afford that. I mean, I look back at, at 
my dorm room at UCLA and we had, they had, they were having like a housing crisis at the time, which they have expanded much, uh, a lot more recently, but um, we had three people and this was, this was dorm wide. They had three people in, in two person dorms. So we were scrunched in there. And I think we had like room to have one poster on the wall. Right. So, um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it's a growing thing and I, you know, I think it's, fun to make it homey, but, um, I don't know that it's necessary to hire a decorator. I mean, you're only going to go downhill from there. I know. know? (laughs) What do you do when you get to your first apartment? Also, also some of these kids, you switch rooms after your freshman year. It's like, do you bring it all with you and resize it? And then sometimes you move into an apartment or move into a, you know, a, and you switch your roommates who gets to take the stuff. Yeah. You know, okay. So the other thing, as I went down this rabbit hole that I discovered is that they have these services at the universities where if you're going to have a roommate, they match you up. So if you don't have somebody you're already in a room with, they'll give you a personality test, try to figure out who would be compatible. I mean, we were total luck at the draw. My freshman roommate, Mary Feldman, Dr. Mary Feldman, we got randomly matched up. It was a great year. We had a ton of fun, but I just remember that awkward phone call of like, calling somebody to like say, Hey, I guess we're going to be living together in a 10 by 10 foot cell. And the only thing that we had going in was we ended up getting matching Laura Ashley comforters. <laughs> That's Laura it. Ashley. Like, that was the extent of the decoration. I think of the I had a Laura Ashley comforter. Well, I was coming from high school in Texas. Laura Ashley was big and I didn't know. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm not, I wasn't like a fashion design person. And yeah. so we both got the same comforter. And that was big. And people yeah. were always very impressed I, when they walked into our that, room. That is impressive. I you were say, ahead of your time. Very much. Apparently. Um, yeah. So the, the, basically what they've turned to, and this is most colleges, I would say out there are doing kind of like a match.com thing. So whereas maybe, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you filled out a little questionnaire and like, maybe you got someone with the same sleeping habits, but probably not. Like, <laughs> I really don't know that they actually ever looked at those questionnaires, but now it's very much like a match.com thing where you go on and you have a little bit more say in who becomes your roommate. It's really interesting. And just my last comment, sorry, back to those Laura Ashley bedspreads. Mine was reversible. So you could flip it to the other side if it got dirty. You know, if it got dirty, it would be the opposite color. It was pretty. Yeah. Actually, when I think about it, I think it was laundry. What college kid wants to do laundry? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, I just had to ask you about that because I spent, I'm not kidding you hours. Like this is, this is a very unhealthy obsession I've discovered this weekend. So I'll move on, but whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So let's catch up a little bit. So you guys were on the show, I guess it was last year, um, talking about your book, The Parrot Compass, which was kind of designed to help families navigate the kind of tricky process of going from high school into college. Catch us up on what you guys have been doing since the book came out. You know, Jen and I have had such a good time together. Um, We laugh because we have not physically been in the same space more than twice in oh like no one years. no one's in the same space anymore yeah Nobody and, cares. but but I have to say when you when you build a, a book together it's there's something very sad about not being able to put your arm around the person next to you and you know hug and and be in the same room so we did take um, a trip to the east coast together and had a book signing so that was fun in New Hampshire on a rainy night and um so that was kind of one of our I would say one of our highlights we've we've been able to have conversations with amazing hosts and in all sorts of different topics relating to 
navigating the tween and teen years. Um, and the book just kind of keeps chugging along. We just got um, an offer to translate the book. We sold rights in Indonesia. So wow. the book is going to be <laughs> going to be on bookshelves uh, there. So, you know, it just has really surprised us as this fun um, not fun. I mean, it's a serious topic, but as this project that the two of us continue to be able to work on um, together, and it's sort of taken on a life of its own. I'm speaking at a few schools this fall, um, in in one in Florida and and then one on the East Coast, and so you know it's fun. It just sort of keeps keeps both of us connected to the content. And Jen, you can talk about your your business as well too, if you want. Yeah. Um, so I'll be speaking this fall as well um, to some parent organizations. And what I'm really excited about is that I um, am just about to launch um, a new company called FutureWise Collective, which is an online college counseling program, um, which is aimed at helping seniors really overcome overwhelm and insecurity so that they can navigate the college admission process with confidence. And I incorporate some tips in there on parents, helping them to understand the process, like what, how do they even tackle financial aid? How can they best support their student? Um, and really wanting to give students just um, the knowledge and the skills that they need to articulate their strengths and really produce standout applications and essays, and then really be confident about their future. So I'm going to drop, I'm going to drop a big compliment for you. I've been watching some of your videos on your Instagram page and they're awesome. And it, they're really, it, they're like really good reminders of just, you know, things that you, you don't know till you don't know. And it always feels like the family next to you knows everything. And right. that is a great way to know, like, I should be learning more about this. Um, unlike Dormify, I don't need to know about that necessarily, but I do need to know when applications Thank are supposed you. to be due. So good luck right. with that. I think that's awesome. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So let's get into kind of the meat of why we're here today. And that's to talk about the fact that we're starting off another college year. Would you say that this year feels more normal than say the last two? Like, are we back into more of a normal process now? I know from having a son in college um, currently that the um, masking, for example, is um, professor driven at his school in Pennsylvania. So the professors decide when you come into their class if the students are going to be masked or not. Um, so I think that's softening up, you know, uh, the world of um, COVID, I guess. But again, you know, we don't have the crystal ball to know when the next you know, wave of whatever might happen, but I think we are way better prepared. Clearly, campuses are way better equipped to deal with the crisis should it emerge and to do tests, you know, campus testing, et cetera. And I think we're all a little bit COVIDed out. I think the good news is we hopefully believe, you know, um, if we're safe and we stay vaccinated and, and do the right things that we're going to all survive. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, we're, we're in a different world in a different chapter. I mean, I feel like COVID was the World War Three. you know, that we, you know, what was life like before it and what is life going to be like, you know, kind of after it. So I would say um, for college campuses, I think this will be the most normal year since COVID began would be my yeah. prediction. Interesting. And, um, you know, kids are, you know, even I even had, you know, kids this summer, my own kids on college campuses doing high school programs, and they were very normal. You know, you, mm -hmm. you could have your mask off, you could go to the gym, you could do all these activities with kids unmasked. A couple of kids were sent home for COVID, which will happen. And I think a couple of college kids will get sent quarantined for COVID, but I think, you know, things are more normal. Yeah. feels like I, I there was a New York, New York times article, I think it was over the weekend. They were talking about, um, 
this is again, another random one I went down the rabbit hole on. It was uh, about University of Alabama sorority rushing and what a big deal it is. And it's apparently become this like huge Instagram phenomenon of watching what goes on as Bama girls try to get in sororities. And um, they are definitely not doing those same precautions. <laughs> that's for sure. So, but I looked at it, Jen, and I thought, well, that seems pretty normal-ish. Like we're getting back on track with, you know, a more normal, you know, air quotes experience. I would totally agree. I think, um, I think college campuses, I would agree with Cindy, are, are definitely looking more normal. I will even say that my high school students, um, anecdotally, I can feel them relaxed a little bit more. I think the last two senior classes, they've had so much to deal with emotionally on top of the huge stress of college admission. I mean, college admission is a big stress no matter what time our world is in. Um, and so this year I can just feel a little bit more relaxation despite all the competition that's still out there. I think they're just, people are just kind of, you know, getting back to what's important too. I think I, I do see parents relaxing and really focusing on what's important that my kid is happy. Yeah. And that is such a, a huge message, I think, to pass along. So for those who are heading off to school, this is a challenging time on, you know, for both parent and for kid. And I remember getting dropped off at the University of Missouri and my parents couldn't wait to get back into the car, read into that, which you will. But they basically, we had that awkward conversation at the car, um, which was like the final parting words. And it was make some good choices and we'll see at Thanksgiving. <laughs> this was like pre-cell phone, pre-social media. So there was not this expectation of like there being a lot of communication because it was still expensive at the time. Um, it was a long distance phone call. Google that if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but I'm wondering as people are heading out, like what are those, those conversations that should be taking place? And probably it's better to have them like not with the car running, pointing in the direction the parents want to go. But um, Jen, what would you say are the, those important things that people need to have as they're passing along, hopefully some basic life skills after a couple of years that were anything but basic? So one of my favorite ones to caution families to talk about is um, money. I think money is... Um, teens can get themselves into trouble in college if they don't know one, how to create a budget, how to categorize the expenses that they're going to be incurring, um, two credit cards. I think, um, this is a place where teens can really get into trouble if they do not understand the responsibility that comes along with having a credit card, what it means to have to pay off the balance every month, what is interest, um, I've seen teens really, you know, find themselves digging themselves into a, a very deep hole and not able to come out. So I think that's um, another thing that parents really need to be talking about. And then also just, you know, frank conversations about who's responsible for paying what when it comes to the car, if the student is able to have a car, who's going to pay for gas, who's going to pay for the insurance, who's paying for cell phone at this time, is the teen expected to get a job? Um, and I think honestly, it can be helpful if you literally write out what, what the teen is going to be responsible for and what the parent is going to be responsible for um, so that those, those expectations are clear. And then you can revisit that financial conversation over time when, um, when, when financial situations change as they do. So, Cindy, one of the things that I, I noticed in my dormify rabbit hole was that there are like these influencers 
like dorm influencers who show off all their stuff. Is that one of the things do you think that kind of drives the spending part of it? This kind of keeping up with the, I was going to say Joneses, but I suppose it's more like Kardashians. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously playing the comparison game is always dangerous for students to students and parents to parents for that matter. Um, you know, this isn't a competition. This isn't a fashion show. This is, you're going away to college. And if we can, you know, remind ourselves to just sort of get back to the basics. I mean, your dorm room has a bed, a desk, a closet and a bookshelf. And that's the basics that you kind of need. And then beyond that, um, you know, hand-me-downs and figuring some of it out when you get there, you know, the school bookstore usually has stuff. We all know how quick Amazon is. Um, it's hard to, you know, yes, you can go down this crazy path and get your room fancily decorated and color coordinated, but um, it also sort of gives off an impression to whoever you're sharing your room with or your hallway with or your dorm with of who you are. So I just tell students, um, take a look at your bedroom at home. If your parents gave you the freedom to, you know, fill up your bulletin board and decorate your walls and whatever, and just create a new space that has some of those home comforts. I mean, my daughter, who isn't going away to college, but is going away to boarding school, just asked me yesterday when we were at Bed Bath & Beyond, can I just bring my stapler and my you know, roll of tape and my favorite ruler from my home desk with me. And I said, of course, you know, just bring it and I'll put an old stapler in your room at home. So, you know, some kids just like to bring some of their own comforts and, um, you know, that would be my two cents. Yes, Jen. <laughs> um, I will, I will tell a quick cautionary tale about the influencer thing, because I do think it's actually big, whether it's dorm rooms or whether it's you know, seeing influencers wearing specific clothes and the student does have access to a credit card and they make it so easy to see, oh, I really like this outfit. Boom. I can buy it right now. And I have heard so many tales of um, college students who get stuck in that keeping up with the Joneses, Kardashians, whoever the influencer might be, um, who don't understand the credit card. I think that's why it's such a big deal. And then they just buy, 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 buy. And they end up just in, in huge debt. I've even heard, um, my husband told me a, a coworker, his daughter had to drop out of school because she racked up so much debt and didn't realize Whoa. what she was doing. So Can you imagine? Um, I think that's a, just a huge cautionary tale that, think, that parents should be thinking about. True story. I remember walking by a table on University of Missouri campus on the quad and it was one of the credit card things and they were handing out shirts. You signed up and you got like the shirt and I did it because I didn't have any clean shirts. I mean, how stupid is that? And then that night I went and charged $1.72 at Schnucks grocery store and I bought a bagel, a Diet Coke and a big semi-cooked chocolate chip cookie. Still remember this. And then I never paid the bill. And that thing racked up and up and, and that was how I first learned about credit card debt. Yeah, that was because, your $250 yeah. cookie. Yeah, <laughs> that was, that was, that was the awkward phone call when my dad called the like house floor phone in the dorm to say, what is this? Cause of course I had put down a Texas address. So that was how I learned about that stuff. But I don't know, do they still do that? Like, didn't, was there, aren't there like laws about they're not allowed to have those credit cards and stuff as easily available to college kids? I mean, I think you should get them on the internet in a second. Well, that's true. I would imagine, that's I would imagine they, you know, still set up booths on college campus, giving away free stuff for whatever they want you to sign up for. I mean, water bottles and t-shirts and whatever yeah. else. But, All right. Well, kids don't yeah. be me. Yeah. Don't be me. Um, <laughs> like, how much is too much communication 
or too little when you go off to college. Cause that's also a weird thing too, because as my 16 year old told me, my generation doesn't really answer the phone. Like your generation needs to answer the phone if they want someone else paying for that phone. Um, it gets worse when they're no longer in your house and you might have a legitimate reason why you need to get in touch with your kid. But then I've heard the flip as well, where some parents have said, oh my gosh, my kid is texting me all day long, calling me all day long. I'm worried because they're not making that connection at college. How do you know like how to establish what's going to be our communication plan while you guys are away? So, um, you know, this one I've been dealing with for a pretty long time um, as a parent myself. Um, I have a college graduate and a current college student and then two high schoolers. And um, my cautionary tale, I guess, that kind of goes with that is, I don't know, we can remember a generation ago, maybe the Sunday night phone call. Like that was sort of how generation ago handled it. Usually at college, you had a phone call on a Sunday night. You told your parents how your week went. You heard a little bit. You said hi to your siblings and then you hung up. And that was a toll call as you're explaining earlier in the podcast that cost money to have that phone call. And that was your check-in. And I also remember the old school mailbox, how exciting it was to get a postcard or a letter. And sometimes there was even, you know, a five or $10 bill in that letter, whatever it might be back then. Um, obviously we have instant connection now. And so there's two things I would comment on this. One is the idea of yes, creating a family plan that obviously can change and grow as your student is away. You are not your child's alarm clock in the morning. I mean, that's very clear. There's no need for you to call or set an alarm for them. They and their roommate can set that up themselves and figure out how to get out the door to class. And honestly, I think in college it's better. Um, I call them proof of life. Like if you, if you need proof of life, and you have to send a text and you haven't heard after a couple little quick texts, um, just, you know, then you, then you can call, but I've told my kids, you know, if I send you a question, just, you can send back an emoji. So I know you got it or a yes or a no. And I find that the shorter the question and the shorter the text, the quick, the easier you get a response. If you do a text that's got four questions, forget it. And I always feel like, let me ask four, cause I'll get all that answer in one. And my kids have told me like, forget it. I'm not going to answer that. The, so having some kind of plan together, the other piece of it is what I call the phone call dump. And I've had these, they're very painful to receive as a parent. I'm just warning. Oh, no, you. it's typically a call you get from your student where something in their world has gone really wrong, whether it's a roommate, whether it's a grade on a paper, whether it's just an unload of multiple, multiple things. And usually it can last 15 to 20 minutes. I don't have any scientific background on this, but I have a lot of personal experience with it. And I call it the phone call dump. I've warned parents about it. You receive all this information that makes you wonder, should you get on a plane or should you get in your car? It's not, you know, you're worried about your child doing something really drastic, but you're just worried about your, the mental health of your child. And, and they gave you a lot to dump. And when you receive that dump, usually you turn to your spouse or your trusted partner and you dump it back to them and you can't sleep for like two or three nights. And then you decide, do you check in with a dorm counselor or do you go one step further to find an adult or have someone who has eyes on your child? And when you decide, or if you decide to make that step, typically what happens is the person who has eyes on your child says, I have no idea what you're talking about. I saw them in the dorm. They're laughing. They just went off to this. I pop by their room and there's music playing and kids in there, whatever it is. And it, it, the, the dump is the place that you are the safe space to get out the information that they have and then move on from it. And so typically that dump is just, that's all it is. It's just a dump and it's a dump to somebody safe. What it leaves you with as a parent is a, is a lot of questions, a lot of pain and a lot of worry. And most of the time 
it's nothing. It just was a way for them to kind of relieve themselves. And you're the safest mm. space to do that. So okay. I just warned about that. Jen, my parents never knew anything that was going on. As I think back, like they knew none of it. <laughs> none of it. Totally you know agree. What? I don't think they cared. Not either. everyone dumps. They didn't know. <laughs> I will, I will say, I, I won't say exactly what happened, but I do remember I had an unfortunate circumstance once and my dad ended up finding out about it. <laughs> and um, I had an unfortunate circumstance yeah. <laughs> once. And um, I remember, he's like, do you want to tell me what this is about? And I was like, actually, no, I really don't. And he was like, <laughs> okay, I don't really want to know. And we moved on. And I don't even think he told my mom. It was just one of those where it's like, nope, you're an adult. You can start adulting. <laughs> yeah. And we won't talk about it. Yeah. Well, there was something to be said for those times yeah. too. Yeah. Um, you know, peer pressure, it, it's nothing new, but the, the stakes obviously get a lot more scary once you get into college. What, what is a good way to have a conversation about making good choices where somebody will actually listen? Like, have, do you have any good, like opening lines for that conversation? Um, I think, so first of all, yes, we can all agree that they're very uncomfortable uh, conversations about alcohol, drugs, sex, um, other things. And, and you and your team may not agree on exactly, you know, where you're going to fall. So I think my biggest piece of advice would be let them tell you your opinion, their opinion and, and listen, because if you're going to just oppose, uh, impose your rules on them, um, those are rules that very much might not get followed. So at least be willing to have a conversation and be willing to listen to hear, you know, what their perspective and say very much like wait for the right moment don't bring it up when they're busy or they're doing something and you just kind of want to get your anxiety out there um you know wait say I have something really important to talk to you about I'm wondering when would be a good time for you to do that um and then they can tell you when that good time would be you sit down and um you know bring something up and say you know this might be uncomfortable but I'm willing to sit here and, and, and listen and I want to hear what your perspective is okay can we role play that I'll play I'll play the college kid you play the parent okay all right. So you, you've just asked me like, when would be a good time? And I'm going to play the college kid. I, I've got it. It's all good. I know. I know all this stuff. We, we've had all these conversations, but you know, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding where you're coming from. You're understanding where I'm coming from. And I think, you know, it's a really, it's always important to be revisiting these conversations. You know, but the hovering mom thing is not a good look. And um, I just want to let you know that, you know, it's my life and it's time for me to be an independent and do my own thing. Okay, I can respect that. Then I would like to just tell you where I'm falling on this and, um, and then we can go our, our separate ways. Okay, so I'm going to call you in a couple of years. <laughs> I was getting scared though, as you were saying it. So I do think that there was some impact happening. <laughs> I, I know, I've, had, I've had these talks as a mom and sometimes I get that reply that you were just saying, Deirdre, I don't have dumpers for all my kids. So not all of them are very verbal in that way. But what I can say is that um, sometimes it does come down to you get, you say, well, then let me just share how I'm feeling. You can just listen and see what, if any of this sticks with you, because I do have other kids where it just percolates. You know, if you've said yeah. it, they've heard it. They take a few days or a few weeks or when the situation rises, they go, Oh, that was that conversation. My mom was trying to have with me and hear the things she said. Let me see if those make sense. 
Love it. Okay, Jen, I know we need to wrap this up because you've got something you got to get to. So in a minute, give us your best advice for, for families as they head off into the college year. I really do think that the the communication one is really important. Um, I would say, though, because my background is in mental health, I think that it would kind of revolve around mental health. We've all been through such a difficult time in the last couple of years, our teens in particular. And so I think that parents can really be educating themselves around the signs and symptoms of anxiety and depression. And I think that they can educate their teens to know what those are so that they can one, watch out for it in themselves, but maybe more importantly, watch out for it in their friends and know that it's okay to seek help normalize that and help them understand where to seek that help on their college campus. Thank you. That's such good advice. Okay. I know you need to hop off to another meeting, so feel free to hop off. Thank you. And then Cindy, in the meantime, I'll toss the same question to you. I mean, I think uh, you see that thing on, on Instagram a lot where people are sharing, you know, check on your, your friends who are parents <laughs> with kids who've just yep. gone off to college because they're not okay. Um, are they not okay? Or are some of them very okay? Yeah. You know, it's so funny. We just posted that on our at parent compass, um, Instagram account, but yeah, I mean, I think parents need to check on parents and support them, but I think my advice to parents is going to be your kids are going to grow and change a lot when they go away. They're just, they're going to become different people as they, you know, spread their own wings. And I think as parents, the best thing we can do, and it's sometimes hard is just to support their journey. You know, we get a little, um, you know, wanting to live vicariously. Oh, I want to go to the football game. Oh, I want to wear your college sweatshirt. Oh, I want to whatever it's their journey. And we want to let them have this time to explore maybe subjects and content and, you know, degrees that might not have interested us, or we may think aren't practical or whatever it might be, but it's their turn. And so I do like to say to parents, let our kids grow, let them explore, let them make the mistakes and discover. And now that they're young adults, they do start to look at you pretty differently in a good way. They look at you not as a peer, but they start to understand their parents in a different way than they did when they lived at home. And it's really oh. neat to get that phone call when they say, mom, you know, thanks for this, or, oh, I get it now. You know, I get what you were trying to say then. And maybe, you know, we feel like then we've done a good job or an okay job in certain areas. <laughs> oh my God. I can't wait to get that call. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait. I love it. Um, well, those are such wonderful, wonderful tips. And it's an exciting time for a lot of families. And it's nice to hear that the experience is a little bit more normalized for everybody after the last couple of years. So, you know, here's to a really good year for everybody. Yes, absolutely. And what are the best ways for people to keep in touch with you guys? You can find us on our website, which is parentcompassbook.com. Um, on Instagram is probably the best way, at parentcompass, just to give us a follow. But we're on Twitter at parentcompass1. I think we're on Facebook under The Parent Compass. And um, Jen has her own um, collective um, message, and, and so do I. I'm at cynthiamuchnick.com. And Jen, if you want to share yours. Um, they can find me at futurewiseconsulting.com. And then my Instagram um, with all the fun videos is uh, at myfuturewise. And what's your TikTok? <laughs> at myfuturewise. <laughs> okay. Because like, I think it's got to be on TikTok. Okay. All right. I'm giving you I've a got it. I've, I've, I've reserved it. I've got it. I, I feel like it could explode on TikTok. I don't know. Oh, I could be wrong. You. I'm wrong about many things thank according you. to people in my house, but I feel like that would be <laughs> a valuable place to find it all. Thank well, you, thank you Deirdre, so oh, much for being such supporters. Thank we love you. our time with you. Have you left a rating or a review for any podcast ever? If you haven't, 
may I just ask you to do it? And you don't even have to leave one for this show, although, you know, like selfishly, that would be nice. The thing is, when you leave a rating review in whatever podcast app that you're listening to a show on, it is so meaningful to the person who put that show together. Because basically, when you interact with the show through that review section, it helps bump the podcast up in a weird algorithm that no one really understands, but we know that it's important. So if you take a moment to hit a number of stars, if that's what's offered, or to write a couple of words and to talk about something that really spoke to you during an episode, it really helps a podcaster out. So I'm going to put this plea out that you leave this week, a challenge here, a reviewer rating for someone's show. It does not have to be this show. I would love it if it was, but it doesn't have to be this one. Pay it forward for a podcaster and leave a rating or review. It will make you feel good knowing that something that took you 30 seconds will bring joy to the heart of someone on the other side of the microphone. Okay? So if you have a moment to do it, please do. And if it happens to be for this one, all the better in my book. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll have more for you next week on the Dying Dash Podcast. <laughs>